You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to the podcast. The Redskins lose 20-15 to to the Green Bay Packers, so J.P. Finley from NBC Sports Washington and the Redskins Talk podcast will join me to discuss a few topics including quarterback Dwayne Haskins, running back Darius Geis, and team president Bruce Allen. Then it's just me with five observations, including one on a guy who got away from the Redskins a few years ago who could have made a difference these last few seasons. And now, here's my conversation with J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington and the Redskins Talk podcast. Okay, well, now I'm back with J.P. Finley from NBC Sports Washington, Redskins Talk podcast. J.P., we just, we just watched the Redskins lose the Packers. Um, I want to start with Dwayne Haskins and just what you thought of his game coming back after the ankle injury better second half than the first. What you, would you take from this from him? Dude, I, I, I wrote about this last week, and it was kind of anecdotal at that point. But, again, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to look at his final numbers, but I'm sure they're pretty ugly. I, I mean, completion percentage around 50 60% or something. I want to say it was about 16 for 27. The second half was actually pretty good. And he made big throws on third downs where he found some receivers. Right. He, was, he impressed me today in a way that I didn't expect, gutting through the ankle injury. He said he hurt it in the second quarter, but there was no way he was coming off the field. I'm telling you, more and more each week, he gives me Alex Smith vibes, where it's making big you know, plays, and, and it's not a, the numbers aren't pretty, but that team feeds off that. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that, because you would, I know you had written that, and yeah. you talked about that, too, during the week. And at one point during the game, I looked at the numbers and said, oh, that's Alex Smith. Dude. And the two of them are getting closer and closer, yeah, and yeah. they're, you know, I mean, Haskins is talking about Alex yeah. all the time. It, it's, you can't, I mean, you and I sat next to each other, watched that whole game. That offense was ugly. Yes. But they were in it the whole game. There's no reason that team should have been in No way. And we said, I mean, I think Callahan deserves a little bit of credit for having this team. Now, hell, it, it's taken three months. It's, right. you know, mid December now, but they're playing this tough, Hard-nosed football, and offensively, I, I, you got to give Haskins some credit for having them. That team believes in him, and that kid fights till the end. Well, I think I mean, that's the one thing, too, that you wonder about a game like this. A couple things I saw were like Donald Penn helping him up, Donald Penn shoving the Packers linebacker after that two-point conversion hit. And so, like, that you know, it suggests that you're playing for this sure. kid. To what degree – I don't know, but all I know right. is that they're not stopping. But I also think they feed off some of that energy. I think they know that the kid has been beaten up a little bit, you know, just throughout this whole process. And I think, you know, the way he's handled it nope. has been pretty good, it seems. So I wonder if that's, if they're not feeding off that part of it as well. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, to your point about 
pen and the O-line, I, when they talk about the kid, I think they mean it. It, it all seems genuine, you know what I mean? And you don't always see that. I, I do wonder why there can't be impressive statistic performances, though. Right. I mean, a guy I liked a lot in the pre-draft was Drew Locke. Yeah. I think it's his second start for Denver, and he had 300 and a couple TDs. Yeah. You wonder why that stuff isn't happening. Right. Um, but there were big throws. You know, they had the one drive mid-fourth quarter where they're moving the ball a little, and then he just doesn't see Steven Sims right. five, six yards right in front of him that would have picked up would've a, picked a key up the first, first down. down. And you wonder what he saw. because the throw he made. Forced it. Was it Harmon, maybe? I think I mean, it was Harmon. It was like, it was like double, yeah. double, triple coverage. It was coverage. not open. It, that, ball, that ball had no chance. Right. And um, even the, the TD throw to Terry. He certainly put in a position where only Terry could catch that. Correct. That's a hell of a catch. Right. Well, that's what I wonder, too, and you bring up Locke. I wonder, you know, with, with Dwayne, are we, where's the bar that we're setting for him when we're, we're trying to evaluate him? It's, it feels like we're still evaluating him off of Giants. Right. And, when he just was, so, was really not good. Well, And I've talked about this. I've screamed about it in the press room. You've heard me say the Ashburn syndrome. That, right. like, the expectation is so low – and we're we're allowing what what, what were the numbers? I think it was sixteen for twenty seven. Like in no oh, way should sixteen of twenty seven for a buck seventy with a touchdown and a pick be good, right? But we're kind of talking about he was kind of good, right? And, and it, it's know. Alex Smith, man. It's it's crazy. Well, it is, and I think it's again. I think the fact that they hung in there. Um, as a team overall, I think that plays into that because if they D-line lose, was a huge if they play. lose thirty to fifteen, we're right. not we're not looking at his game the same way. I don't think even the play, the two point conversion attempt where he dives. I right. mean, he's taking on three linebackers, yeah. or maybe it's two linebackers and a safety. I don't remember exactly, but j- just guts. Like I tweeted that out at the end of the game that you know this whole year is about Haskins learning and, and right. getting used to NFL speed, but. The intangible stuff, and we can talk about his body language at press conferences and all that kind of stuff, but like the, the guys in the locker room don't care about any of that. They, they care about the intangible stuff on the well, field. They, and what they, well, you know what guys in the locker room care about? Are you preparing to, to help me win? Right. That's, what they, that's mostly what they care about. If you go in the, lock, in the press conference and you're, like, you're a little bit sullen, well, that's just him, but the guy's doing the work over here. That's right. primarily sure. what they care about. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, then they care about everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I think there was a legitimate question if that was happening mm-hmm. two months ago. Absolutely. I, I, from what I'm hearing, I think it's happening now. I think it's been what I hear. It's, it's been way better. Definitely better. Yeah. Definitely better. And and that's a good sign for them. For them. And I also, you know, when you look at, um, yeah, they're playing so many young guys too. And I think the thing that you brought up Drew Locke, and they played. I think they played Houston today, right? Yep. So that's a it's a good defense. And I think what Petten and Greg Williams do defensively makes it a real challenge for a young quarterback. And Callahan even kind of addressed Cal- that. Yeah. yeah, and I think Patton does a really good job of moving guys around and creating some moving up front that makes it difficult. And that Raven, uh, Ravens, that Packers T-line is no joke, man. No, I mean, it's not. Preston and uh, Zadaria, I mean, those guys. And it wasn't, always Dwayne, it wasn't right. always Dwayne missing a protection call either. There were times where they're just getting whipped up front. Yeah. You know, there were four-man rushes. Right. So what about Darius Geis? What's the concern there? Even whatever, he's getting that MRI Monday. Whatever that says, this is now, I think it's what, six games that he's played as a Redskin? Maybe, or I think maybe seven because a preseason, another preseason game. I, I, you can't count preseason. For well, me, the re- the seven games that he's played in a Redskins uniform because the right. one injury happened. In, right. So I'm counting it just from the sure. seven games, th- 
three injuries or whatever. Whatever the I mean, is. you hate it for the kid because he's a charismatic person and a dynamic player. And you don't want to be premature on this because maybe right. the MRI will right. come back clean. Right. But there's a reason they didn't put him back in. Right. And right. He's. We all heard him. You know, on the sideline, he's saying, "I'm good. I'm good. I'm good." And they're just like, "No." I mean, they took his helmet for a reason. And I think that's smart. Oh, for sure. With him. But I, I, I think you got to be pretty, pretty concerned. You, you have. I mean, you and I have both heard all sorts of stuff about the condition of that right, knee right. and the longevity of, of the. What's you know what I mean? What to expect well, there? And the shame of it is, it always it always seems to happen at the end of a good play. You know, you make a nice run. You get that ripped the, off the twenty three yard. Yeah, and then the the first ACL happens at the end of a good run, and he's, yep. you know, he's, so that's that's a shame of it. Is you're seeing what he can do and what he gives us offense. Well, and I think I said it to you, maybe it was to Pete, but we, we were all sitting there together when, when you got into the third and fourth quarter, late in that game. I mean, they're playing their brand of football where right. they're going to run the ball and slow this game down, and that's how they stayed in this thing. I mean, it right. was a pretty effective game plan, yeah. I think, yeah. and. I uh, imagine if it was AP and Geis in going downhill in that third and fourth quarter, I, I think the results could have looked pretty interesting. Well, because when you watch Darius run as opposed to Wendell Smallwood, sure. there's a big difference. And the way his vision and his cuts, the way he's able to press and see Files. the backs, the backside, yeah. he sees that vision, and that's what he can do. Um, last thing, the big elephant in the room with this franchise is Bruce Allen. Sure. What's going to happen with him? And more and more smoke around that. Jason Lockham Four came out with something. Um, again today and suggesting that some changes could happen soon. You know, and it's I don't like to go by gut feel on these things. I don't I don't I think we kind of do a disservice because you don't you can't. But sure. it just feels like there's a lot of smoke around this right now, and I don't even know what to ask you. It's just yeah, a lot no, of smoke. I, I, this time last year, I remember you and I. So f- I, you've probably talked about this, but you know, for your listeners, like when you come out of the Redskins media room where all the pressers are. For us, we have to go around this corner and walk up a, a fairly steep hill to get to the Redskins media room where we do all our work. I remember you and I walking up the hill last year, looking at each other 100% confident, Bruce is coming back. Yes. No absolutely. doubt about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't feel that way right now. I can't say that I'm that no. way right now. And it's not because there's like, I'm saying that he's definitely not. Right. I just think there's a, I think there's a much harder evaluation going on right now. And I think, you know, you if you don't, do that, you're doing your fans a disservice. Yeah. I think it seems a little bit that he's, for the first time ever, it's starting to look like he's on the outside a bit of, of kind of whatever that inner circle is. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so much of this is intangible that you can't describe. You know, like, it's just sometimes you realize the real value in being on the beat and just the subtle things we see every day right. and how you can compare that to months, years of knowledge and seeing how it's slightly different than what it was. You know what I mean? And and it just, things look slightly different more and more. And I don't, you know, and I'm... And And, and this is all speculative, right? It's speculative, and and it's hard because you can't, with a situation like this, because we know what fans want to hear. Right. So you have to be really careful with what you say because you can't, I'm not going to sit there and give false anything to Mm -hmm. anybody, nor are you, but, you know, you know, like, you just, there's more smoke, and that's what I'll say. There's just more smoke. Where that leads, I don't know. And I I think there's, you know, I would, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, to say the least. Well, and I think in some way it kind of, uh, it kind of, I don't want to say accelerates the process, but I think now that the playoffs is officially over and any 
you know, crazy scenario of winning out and the Cowboys losing and the Eagles losing and all that is, is over, the evaluation period can probably begin more in earnest. Sure. And I think one of the things that hurt the eval last year is that you had, first of all, the injuries tainted it. I think the Brian LaFamina thing yeah. um, prevented a harder look at everything else. Right. Um, this year, the focus is going to be on the field. And are you putting the right product in the field? And if not, why? And who's responsible for that? And, and that's, I think, that's, that, that's, that's where um, I think we're going to um, see the evaluation take place. And there's just going to be, I think, a harsher look. And I, and I wouldn't count out the business side of stuff, too. Right. I mean, what FedEx has looked like. And, right, right. And, and those stories have become national. Like yeah. when, it's, when it's ESPN pointing out the $4 seats, you know what yeah, I mean, when it's, it's Sports Center, it's not... And the other owners notice that stuff right. too. That, that stuff too. Because they're Be careful there. Yeah, they're. Uh, I mean, they're all. One one extremely flawed theory that a lot of fans have is that Dan gets his what are the, what's the TV rights check three fifty mil yeah, something sure. outrageous, and and I've seen this on Twitter and I've heard people say like oh he gets that check he doesn't care one he absolutely cares he cares very much he's an incredibly competitive person yeah. and two the three fifty is great but. Ideally, they're bringing another hundred in, correct? Another can, seventy-five there's, million dollars. There's in. more that you can bring in, right? Yeah. and they're not getting close to what no. those numbers used to be. And and I I don't know much about billionaires, but you don't get to be a billionaire by leaving money on the table. No, and they, you want they, to make they, all the money. Listen, one of the things that I've always heard that the that he likes about Bruce is the ability to save money. Sure. So the ability to make money goes along with right. That. So I I don't think I would I wouldn't take that lightly at all and so that's why I think it'll be an interesting couple of weeks for us covering this it's also you know with Vinny when Vinny finally got axed was when everything fell apart yeah. and 3 and 10 I, I think maybe they, they I think they beat the Giants certainly if they played this brand of football they'll beat the Giants I even think they could maybe beat the Eagles if I don't they, know and that's the thing if they go get to 5'11 I don't know what it means for anything but if you're 5'11 playing a certain way you can say listen this team got better over the course of the season. But I don't think it's because... Sure, but I, I don't know anymore that that... I, I just believe... And I wouldn't say that should be part... I, right. I, I think you can separate that from the evaluation totally. that needs to I, I think the, the big picture evaluation sure. is what's... Here's what I'll say. I think for a long time, all the evaluations on Bruce and the jobs that the front office were doing were kind of looked at in a vacuum to that season. Right. To, uh, you know, 7-9, and nine, we were close, we had these injuries... Right. You know, seven, eight, seven, and one. If we just make a kick here or right. there, you know, like, and you can kind of look in that vacuum, in that bubble, and, and think it works. I think this year, the entirety of the record Correct. is being looked at. I, I, I that's where, I, and that's that's what I would tell people because when they, and this will be the last thing, but like yeah. when people say, "What if they finish strong?" Like, my, that's always been my my response, and I do think that it's more about the 10 years, and it should be. If it's not, then you're doing it wrong. Exactly. Because you have to, you can't look back over the last 10 years and say, this is what I want from the franchise. You have to say, why haven't we won? If right. you're the owner of the team, that's what you have to say. Absolutely. Well, whether or not he does that, I don't know, but I do feel like it'll be an interesting couple of weeks. The highlight of this interview was when the equipment guy tried to throw your phone away. He did, and <laughs> I, you know, but he did throw my waters out. I know. So, and I, I hope you guys all hear, this is a clean room now. Yeah. It wasn't quite as clean when we started. So. Yeah. Thanks, JP. Thanks, Scott. After this break, I'll be back with my five observations, including one on a guy who got away from the Redskins, somebody who definitely could have made an impact over the last couple of years.
Okay, now it's time for my five observations. Number one, when you talk to guys in the locker room after the game, they mention how big it was for quarterback Dwayne Haskins to play through his ankle injury. They liked the toughness he showed in doing so. It's not as if he was hobbling around all game back there and looking like RG3 back in the day with his injured knee. Let's not overstate what happened here. Haskins had a sprained ankle, and after returning, he was moving well enough to go back out there and play. Doctors cleared him. He was walking around fine in the locker room after the game. Um, I know some worried about him staying staying in the game. I wondered, too, at first, because initially we were told it was a knee injury. But the doctor said there was no issue. Then I think playing games like that when you're a little banged up is okay. It's how you win guys over. I think if he was in danger of hurt, getting hurt a lot worse, then yeah, I think there's an issue. But he certainly looked like he was okay on some of those late drives, and that's what they need to see. If there was a knee issue and couldn't move around, again, different. That wasn't the case here. As JP and I discussed, Haskins must win guys over with his work ethic over an extended time. They want to see him doing the work outside the building that's necessary. To that end, I overheard Haskins telling a teammate on Friday that his plan, what his plans were after leaving Redskins Park that day. Haskins said he was going to go home, study more of Green Bay's blitz packages, study some more of the red zone plays. That was his Friday night. That's a good step. So, too, is playing through the sprained ankle. I saw guys going over to help him up at times. I saw Donald Penn drilling a Packers linebacker after his hit on Haskins on the two-point conversion. All of that is good. Number two, I think it says a lot about running back Adrian Peterson, what he's been able to do this season. I asked him after the game if he's been energized by playing with so many of these young guys. His eyes lit up and he said he gave me kind of a heck yeah sort of a response. And his comment was, did you see that catch by McLaurin? So he's feeding off them and I truly believe that they're feeding off him. That's the reason why I felt like he needed to continue getting carries. If you're trying to develop a mindset like they are, then you keep around a guy who has a terrific one. It's not always about talent this league. In fact, it usually is a lot about a lot more. And to see an all-time great battle the way Peterson has in a lost season can rub off on guys. Now, I also think there's another part to Peterson's story here. He has a $500,000 bonus if he hits 1,000 yards rushing. He's now at 720 with three games left. If Darius Geis misses any time, then Peterson's going to get more work and more chances. So perhaps he's motivated some by the money. But I, but I had one member of the organization say before the game that that's a good thing. The desire to make more money should, should be a motivator to play hard. He's doing so. He, this guy wishes that more guys would be motivated that way. Regardless, it's also how Peterson has always played throughout his career. It's quite amazing that he's still in this position after such a long career. Think about it. He has missed only one game since joining the Redskins, and it was because Jay Gruden declared him inactive in the opener. Number three, I don't know where this is going to go with Bill Callahan, whether he'll still be a member of this coaching staff next season or not. I would imagine it would be hard for another coach to retain a guy who was the interim coach, unless that, unless that guy who was the interim coach clearly doesn't want the position. And I think Callahan would welcome being a head coach. So I think it might be difficult. And if the Redskins win their final three games, or maybe just two, but look good in the other, I could see him being considered, provided Bruce Allen returns. Got to know this, Callahan and Allen are pretty tight. Callahan also has them playing tough football. It's damn near impossible to implement a new program during the season. And maybe you can just say it's impossible. You have to do that stuff in the offseason. 
But what he's shown is he's not afraid to bench guys or not to not play them just because of his status. It's why corner Josh Norman is on the bench, even after both starters were hurt at one point. I also think that Callahan stuck with Peterson for a reason. He likes his approach, like I talked earlier, and he wants guys to follow that same path. I don't think every player would be thrilled if Callahan stuck around. I do know in talking to some other guys that they do like what he's added and what he's changed. I don't think everything's perfect. I think they're just playing pretty hard and tough. I think I know there's some frustration in, in some corners with the way the offense is as far as how conservative it is, the, the deep commitment to the run game. And if, you know, some people think that that does a good job keeping games close, but if you want to win, you've got to play a certain other way. Whatever. I also know that this team seems to be taking on a little bit more of an identity, and I think if nothing else, it should show them what sort of identity they need to develop moving forward, and he can provide a blueprint for the next coach. Dan Snyder typically goes opposite of what he just had, and he had a lenient coach in Jay Gruden. That's why a guy, a guy with Callahan's sort of approach, the focus on the details, focus on the discipline, will be something that this organization definitely needs. Number four. Getting a chance to play Green Bay means getting a chance to reevaluate some decisions that were made by the Redskins. A few years ago, the Redskins had to fill the defensive coordinator job, and they interviewed Mike Pettin. Rather than giving him the job, they promoted Greg Minuski from linebacker coach instead. Pettin then joined the Packers in the same role. The thinking at the time was having a pairing of Minuski and Jim Tomsula, who was tight with Minuski, and he would not come here if Minuski wasn't the guy, that was better than just having Pettin. But I also think it's indicative of some decisions made by Jay Gruden. My guess is, my strong guess is that he would definitely do it differently if given another choice. But each time he had to make a decision on the coordinator, he seemed to opt for hiring someone he either got along with or wasn't somebody that could replace him if there was a coaching change or somebody maybe who could challenge him at a deeper level. And of course, there ultimately was a coaching change. Watching the way Pettin schemes up his front would have been fun. At times, he confused the Redskins Sunday with his variety of looks and packages. There's a little bit of Greg Williams in his game. The pass rush success didn't always stem from those looks. Sometimes it's about talent. A guy like Clark up the, up the middle just beating up on Chase Ruye and, 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 and others. But it did create free rushers and confusion at times, not just because the rookie QB, but also with the front. There were times where you could tell that the, that the line saw a look, and I think they started to slide that way, but they weren't sure who was coming. And I think that was because there were a variety of packages and you had some big, you know, a bigger package with, you know, five big guys up front and you had some with the smaller packages, the DBs. They didn't always know who was coming based on who was lining up where. So I think that's something that would have been fun to watch here. All those things led to hits on Haskins and it certainly impacted the game, especially early. Had Gruden hired him, the last couple years would have been different. I don't think it's a coincidence that linebacker Preston Smith now has a career-best 11.5 sacks while playing for a guy like Pettin. That movement I always felt was good for somebody like Smith. It's one reason why, why that I feel he has flourished in Green Bay. The Redskins could have resigned him, and I, my guess is you probably would have gotten similar production that you got from him in the past. They just don't create enough movement and chaos to get guys home like that. And I think that's a good thing for the Packers. And it would have been a good thing to watch here. Finally, number five, the Redskins defense has slowly improved, but they also consistently consistently helped dig a hole for the offense with sloppy play early in games. 
In the first five games, now today, part of that was field position. The offense couldn't get out of a hole, and the Packers kept starting in, in excellent, excellent field position. And they're too good of an offense and too good of a quarterback to not convert in those. In the Redskins' first five games, they allowed 30 or more points four times. Since then, they've allowed that number only once. They've allowed 21 points or less five times. Some of that stems from the offense, the offenses they're facing, the Jeff Driscolls, Kyle Allen. You know, the, the Bills don't have a great offense. They played the Niners in a really bad weather game. Josh Rosen wasn't playing well for the Dolphins. Um, but the Packers do have a really good quarterback. And even though they don't, they're not moving the ball the same way, they were 11th in scoring coming into this game. And the Redskins did hold them to 20 points. So that's, that part is going much better. The secondary, secondary continues to give a big chunk plays because of missed or blown assignments. Sometimes there's been a little bit of sloppy tackling. The line, though, has done a really nice job helping to limit offenses. I think Matt Ioannidis, Deron Payne, Allen, I think those guys are playing well. It just shows you that there's a good talent base on this side of the ball. They absolutely need a corner, and I'd get another free safety. Monte Nicholson just isn't doing it for me. He wasn't good coming up and tackling today. He's not making plays in the back end. We haven't seen that speed, the ability to cover a lot of ground like you, you thought you, we would, like we thought we would see based on what he looked like a couple years ago. I still like the talent on this defense, though, and I think it'll, I'll like it a lot more when there's a new coordinator next season and they switch to a 4-3. I think they're guys that are ready-made to fit that. And when you get a new coordinator, you've got to get someone with a proven track record. That's it for now. Thank you very much to J.P. Finley for joining me. Read his stuff on NBC Sports Washington. He's got the Redskins Talk podcast. I am a guest on there. Always fun to join that. Give that a listen. And as always, thank you for listening. And this week, get ready for another Therapy Thursday. Thursday.